weird, wild, and wacky. A certifiable collection of crap. Promise. <laughs> Lieutenant Uhura goes where no man has gone before. And I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> I'll tell you why coming up. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Happy Saturday night, and I ain't got nobody. I got some money because I... No, I didn't. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> usually there's one story that stands out, and I use that as the headline. I use it as the thumbnail. Uh, today, not so much. I just, when I looked at all my things that I'd saved to talk about on the show... I thought, you know, there's nothing here that stands out. They're all cool stories. They're all weird. They're all wacky. They're all unusual. But there's not one of them that's like, ah, bang, that's the topic. That's the grabber. So it's just a collection of crap tonight. I hope you're ready for it. I am. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, I hope you're ready to get updated on our favorite little girl, Miko Update. Yes, the Miko Update, which is brought to you by BarkBox.com. We'll tell you more about that in just a bit. Uh, International Dog Day was yesterday, the uh, 26th, I think, of uh, August. And it was just a day to celebrate dogs. And so I made this major post with our furry friend Miko and uh, put up some of her best shots and uh, if you're listening to the podcast, sorry, go over to uh, rumble.com, check out our video part of the show. We are live right now across Rumble, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch.tv. But uh, if you want to check out the pictures of Miko, please do go to uh, rumble.com or any one of our channels and you can see the video replay of our show. There's Miko being uh, uh, K-pop, or no, corn pop. Yeah, that's Miko as corn pop. <laughs> And uh, there's the whole family. Uh, oh, I love this picture. This is one of my favorite pictures of Miko. It's almost like Japanese Sakura, but it isn't. It's a tree we have here in Malaysia that has uh, these beautiful purple flowers that bloom and uh, cover the, the, the grass and the lawn. It looks very much like uh, Sakura season. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, that was her. There she is. There's her majestic Lion King pose. And uh, she's doing very well. Ah, look at that. Uh, thank you to everybody, by the way, who uh, writes in and asks about Miko and sends me PMs and asks how, uh, how Miko is doing. And uh, I really appreciate that a lot. I really, really do. All right. And, of course, our Miko update is brought to you by the folks at BarkBox. Yes, our brand new sponsor, thanks to BarkBox.com. Uh, there's a link in our show notes, which is the description down below. And if you click on that link, it will take you here. Now, BarkBox is for those furry friend owners out there who, you know, you go to the stores, it's the same pet shops, it's the same old toys and treats all the time, and your dog gets bored. Not with this, I'm telling you. Uh, who is that? Somebody, Neela has liked the stream. I'm sorry, I can't read the first part. Uh, Zubaida, yes, hey. All right, good to have you along, thanks. Anyway, back to BarkBox. Uh, they will send you, <clears throat> a, a, give you exactly 
what your dog wants. A total customized box of themed toys and treats for your pup every month. It's a subscription service. Now, I will tell you that this is only available in the U.S. and territories and Canada. They don't ship internationally yet. They tell me they're working on it. As soon as they do, I will let you know. But right now, in fact, at the link in our show notes, they have a Harry Potter Bark Box. Yes, and look, it actually has a sorting hat in it as one of the toys. You can customize these for your dog, small, medium, or large, whichever uh, your dog prefers for toys. And they do have a theme every month. This is a special edition here, uh, Harry Potter Bark Box. Uh, your dog's inside the sorting hat, you'll discover a squeaky surprise and your dog's house. It's a subscription. You can sign up for a month, for six months, or for 12 months. And of course, the longer you sign up for, the less expensive it is. Your first box will ship immediately and uh, your month-long dog party begins as soon as you get it. Uh, Serena Lee liked the stream. Thanks, Serena. Uh, there's a theme collection every month, two innovative toys, two all-natural bags of treats, and a chew curated from each month's unique themed collections. And these are all-natural ingredients. They are good for your dog. Uh, you can also even specify if your dog has an allergy to, say, chicken or beef or lamb or fish, then you can check that and they will make sure that you don't get that. If uh, you are not satisfied with one of the toys, they will absolutely replace it for you. A fantastic company. And uh, it's BarkBox.com. The link is in our show notes, so please do check them out. Click on that and uh, start your subscription today. Thanks to uh, thanks very much, uh, BarkBox. We, uh, we appreciate your sponsoring that uh, Miko update on our show. Very cool. We love BarkBox. It is just the coolest thing. There's a lot of videos out there, too. If you want to see reviews, check it out on YouTube or just, just put in BarkBox review. You'll see there's some very cool reviews. I was checking them out in the last uh, couple of days. All right. So that's BarkBox for you. Let's uh, let's get on <laughs> into some of the weirdo stuff we got going on on the show tonight. I ordered pizza. I, I know I'm not supposed to be eating that crap, but I did. And as a matter of fact, I, it was Domino's. So <laughs> there's still some left, by the way. If you want some, it's in the fridge. Uh, lately in the evening time, it's been raining. Like right now, it's still raining outside. Miko's dying to get out to do her business, and she hasn't been able to go. But anyway, these Domino's drivers and Grab drivers and uh, food delivery drivers, pan Food Panda, uh, they go through hell to get us our food and our deliveries, and we really appreciate it. But you have no idea what some of these drivers will do to make a delivery. Take a look at this story from World of Buzz. Where is it? There we go. Hiker orders Domino's pizza at the peak of Mount Fuji. I like it. I yes. Love it. I want some more of it. Delivery fees, 1000 300 ringgit. That's Malaysian currency if you're listening in another part of the world. Uh, I would guess that's about 250, maybe almost 300 bucks. Uh, I think the ringgit to the USD is about, what, almost four and a half now, something like that. 
But here is a picture, proof positive. This hiker is at the peak of Mount Fuji in Japan and ordered a Domino's and by God, Domino's got it there. Unbelievable. Wow. Uh, many people enjoy hiking. Some people set giant mountain hikes as a life goal because of the breathtaking scenery. An individual from Japan recently spoke about his Mount Fuji hiking experience. He stated in a tweet, I went on a hiking trip yesterday and someone ordered Domino's pizza. <laughs> there it is. Unbelievable. The delivery man might be seen, whoops, wait a minute, might be seen in the accompanying photo carrying a delivery bag on his shoulders. He started looking for the delivery man on Yamap since he was inquisitive about who he was. And unexpectedly, he was able to locate the delivery person from the website. 7.38 a.m., it appears the delivery man accepted the order for the pizza and started his hike. After five hours of hiking up Mount Fuji, he made it to the summit and handed the pizza over. There you go. There's a picture. Wow. This guy is... <laughs> above and beyond unbelievable the pizza cost 3776 yen which is about 120 ringgit the delivery fee 40000 yen 1300 ringgit and since the delivery man was outfitted for the hike some uh, was some uh, online users were sympathetic to him. Uh, he decided to take up the job, and off he went. And there you go. <laughs> oh, why is my camera stuck? All right, it's just going to be stuck, I guess. Nothing I can do about that. Okay, let me just try one quick thing. No promises, but we'll see if it's going to work or not. I doubt it. Nope, still frozen. See? Hang on, we're going to try one more thing. And if this doesn't work and I don't crash and burn, then we'll see what happens. Oh, it's a nice picture of me in mid-sentence there anyway. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on with this thing. Don't you just love technology? All right, we're going to close that down. We're going to pop. Thank goodness you're listening on the podcast. Okay. I think we got our camera back. We did. Okay. Colors screwed up, but who cares? All right. Enough of this crap. Uh, what else we got going on tonight? We have uh, Domino's Pizza. Yeah. Uh, and that's not all. Uh, hang on. I have to do these things weird again tonight. Hey, Zubaida. Yes, J fan. Number one fan. <laughs> Thank you, Zoo. <laughs> Oh, man, this tech stuff tonight is driving me nuts. My whole system is bogged down, and I have no idea why. I'm also badly delayed in my headphones. I'm hearing him. The lag is really wacky. Uh, all right, what else have we got? Oh, yeah, Lieutenant Uhura. Man, if you got to know who Lieutenant Uhura is. From Star Trek, the original Star Trek. Um, she passed away recently. 
And uh, Nichelle Nichols was the actress's name who played uh, Lieutenant Uhura. And this story popped up from uh, the Malay Mail. Links in our show notes. Star Trek actress Nichelle Nichols, who played Lieutenant Uhura, her ashes will be headed for solar orbit. Wow. The late actress, best known as Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek, will become the latest member of the 60s television series to be memorialized by having some of her earthly remains flown into space. She died July 30th. She was 89 years old, credited with helping shatter racial stereotypes, redefining Hollywood uh, roles for blacks on the height of the U.S. civil rights movement as one of the first black women to portray an empowered character on network television. And now she's been added to the posthumous passenger manifest, a manifest of a real-life rocket ship due to carry a collection of vials containing cremated ashes and DNA samples from dozens of departed space enthusiasts on a final and eternal voyage around the sun according to the organizers of the tribute. They haven't set the date for the launch yet. Uh, Other cast members and executives who've had their remains launched into space include James Doohan, played the show's chief engineer, Scotty, and Star Trek creator Gene Roddenberry. Uh, Also joining the launch, the remains of Roddenberry's wife, who played Nurse Christine Chapel on the series, and renowned sci-fi visual effects artist Douglas Trumbull, whose work was featured in films like 2001 Space Odyssey. Uh, The upcoming Memorial Flight will be aboard a Vulcan Centaur rocket, still under development by the Boeing and the Lockheed Martin joint venture United Launch Alliance. Plans call for the 200-plus capsule carrying human remains and DNA uh, for what Celitus is calling its Enterprise Flight. It'll go inside the upper rocket stage that'll fly on into deep space beyond the gravitational pull of the Earth, the Moon, and eventually uh, enter a perpetual solar orbit, according to Charles Chaffer, co-founder and executive officer of Celestis. Uh, Nicole's son, Kyle Johnson, told Reuters, it is a wonderful memorial for her and an eternal one. Wow, what a great story. Wow, what an amazing accomplishment. Absolutely incredible. All right, Lieutenant Uhura headed on into space one last time. As you can tell, I got to do these clicks one at a time here because of the way our system is running tonight. It's screwed up, all right? Hey, guess who's back in the news playing with pot again? Yeah, it's our uh, Minister of Health. Kyrie, <laughs> KJ, uh, Malaysia to decide on medical use of cannabis before the year end. And let me just say, it's not about damn time. It's way past time. Uh, I, I Look, I know what you're up against. Uh, we're trying to fight these idiot backwoods cave-dwelling morons who, you know, bought the CIA's crap back in the 50s that marijuana was, you know, the devil's drug and it's a drug, which it isn't. But uh, anyway, 
it's a long uphill battle because we're still fighting. You know, if all those people would just get old and pass away from old age, we wouldn't have to deal with these losers anymore, which would probably be beneficial for all of us. Uh, and get some younger people in the mix. Uh, the government is going to take a stand on the use of cannabis for medical purposes before the end of the year, says Health Minister Kyrie Jalamuddin. Uh, he concluded a bilateral working visit to Bangkok. Uh, Thailand had uh, shared a lot of views and experiences during his visit, he said, and the use of cannabis for medicinal purposes and also its cultivation. You know, if you're not going to buy the idea or the fact that marijuana is a plant and not a drug uh, and not harmful and certainly not a gateway drug, then how about this to appeal to you folks out there? The money you all could make from the taxes on the sale and cultivation of cannabis? Big bucks in it. I'm telling you, big, big bucks. Anyway, he says, I'm confident we'll be able to study Thailand's experience and adapt it to the Malaysian context later. Well, hopefully that won't be too much later. But anyway, they're working on it. At least things are moving forward. That's a plus. Can't beat that. All right. Speaking of work, which is a rather cheesy attempt at a segue. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. Look, I love video games. I like playing video games. I don't play them as much as perhaps I should anymore. But I still love playing them. That's what I should have done. When I was a kid, now granted, when I was a kid, it was Pong. Bloop, 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 bloop. That was it. Malaysian professional gamers are reportedly earning an average of 2.54 million ringgit per year. Per year. I like it. I love mm. it. I want some more of it. Unbelievable. The average income of Malaysian esports athletes is reportedly <clears throat> one of the highest in the world, whereby their income over 24 times that than the average annual income in our country, in Malaysia. Uh, it doesn't just apply to Malaysia. Stand by. Listen to the rest of this story. As reported by Sin Chu, resource from a study by Best Casino Sites, the average income of professional gamers in Malaysia is 23,870 USD and 568,000 USD per year. Half a million USD a year. According to the report, esports athletes in Malaysia are only second in the world in terms of annual income. Gary Martin liked the stream. Thank you, Gary. Good to have you along for the ride. Thanks, Gary. Um, second in the world in terms of annual income, J Jordan tops the list. No, not you, Jordan. Jordan, the country. Jordan tops the list with their professional gamers' average monthly income being 31,200 USD and average annual income of three quarters of a million USD. Average yearly income in Jordan from eSports. Meanwhile, third place, Moldova. 
whereby their professional gamers average annual income about 19 times the annual income of the rest of the country. Now, it's to be noted a majority of esports athletes in Jordan, Malaysia, and Moldova made their earnings by playing the multiplayer online battle arena, MOBA, uh, game Dota 2, which tournaments offer one of the highest prize pools in the whole of esports, which is why these numbers are so insanely high. Uh, the average income may have been skewed by the top Dota 2 Malaysian athletes. They won big. We covered that back when it happened at the uh, MOBA's major tournaments. Uh, they won a ton of cash. And uh, as a matter of fact, there's the guys right there. Uh, Jeng Jinsheng, more famously known as his in-game name, Nothing to Say, placed second at the International 10 last year with his China-based team, PSG LGD. For getting second place, they got 5.2 million USD. Not ringgit, USD. 5.2 million. Like I said, I'm in the wrong business. Of course, I'm also not 22 anymore, so <laughs> I think that might have something to do with, you know, my lack of success in esports. <laughs> what else have we. What? What is that? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, I see why. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Bear with the old boomer here. We'll get it. We'll get it. Trust me. Click, click, click. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Do you know how long it's been since I took my driving license test? N not the one from Malaysia. The one back in the U.S. when I was 16. In, in the U.S., at least in Connecticut, when, you are six, when you're 15, you can get a learner's permit, which means you can drive with a licensed driver. Usually that's your mom or your dad. You can drive to practice. And then when you turn 16, you're allowed to take, you take a road test and you take a written test. And if you pass, you get your driver's license. I passed it first time. Story on that is coming up. Um, in the U.S., there is no such thing as a coffee license money, a coffee license. Uh, here in Malaysia, we, we don't talk about it but we have something called a coffee license. And that basically is you pay a little money and you get your license, whether or not you took the test. Yeah, I know. You're not supposed to talk about that stuff, which is exactly why we talk about it. Doesn't happen in the U.S. Sorry, no state, nowhere. It just doesn't happen. Happens here all the time. All right, so I saw this pop up. It's from the Rock Yacht Post, which is one of our news adjudicators here in Malaysia. And it says, you can see here on the visual, let's see who can drive. What is the correct order? Who goes first? Number one, number two, or number three? Now, there's a whole bunch of answers here. Most people said two. Now, again, remember, if you're listening in the U.S. or you're watching in the U.S., we drive on the wrong side of the road here. So, well, it's the right side but we drive on the opposite side of the road. So in the U.S., the person on the right always has the right of way, no matter what. And I'll show you that 
I disagree with it, but I'll show you that coming up in just a second. So remembering that it would be the person on the left who would have the right of way, then the correct answer is everybody has to stop and slowly enter the, 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 the intersection. But in this case, it would indeed be two and then three and then one. You see which way one is going this way? Hang on, let me, uh, let me get my mouse back. There you go. You see, one is turning to the left, two is going straight, and three is turning into the intersection. So the proper way to do this would be number two would go first, then number three would make the turn, while one waits and one takes off. Here's my complaint, Connecticut Motor Vehicle Department. Now, this was like 150 years ago when I took my driving test. I got one question wrong on my written test. I aced the, the driving test on the road test. That was no problem because I knew how to drive. I studied like a banshee, and I got one question wrong, and to this day, I disagree. I understand the theory behind it, but I still disagree. The question was this. There are three cars, similar to this, but different setup, in a rotary, a rotary roundabout, we call them here in Malaysia, because, you know, we want to be British still. Um, so in this roundabout, there's one car in the roundabout. There's a car on your right, and there's you. Who has the right of way? My thinking was, the guy in the roundabout, the guy in the rotary, has already gone. So get him out of the rotary, and then, of course, the guy on the right, because the person on the right always has the right of way. Again, I'm talking about the U.S. Here in Malaysia, it would be the left. <laughs> but does that not make sense to you? You've got a person already in the rotary going around, going to head out at some point. You've got a guy on your right, and you have you. You're on that right guy's left. The guy on the right has the right of way, but the guy in the rotary should go first. He should have the right of way, or she. Get him out of the rotary, and then the guy on the right, and then you go. State of Connecticut Motor Vehicle Department said, that's wrong. The person on the right always has the right of way. Meaning, the guy already in the roundabout, already moving, has to stop and let the guy on the right go? Like, that's going to happen. Eh, not. So that's the question I got wrong. I argue it to this day. I am telling you, that's not right. The guy in the middle of the rotary should already have the right of way because he's already going. Then the guy on the right. So Connecticut Motor Vehicle Department, straighten your ass out. You're wrong. It's the only question I got wrong on my test. Upset to this day, and it was a thousand years ago. <laughs> oh, I need to get a life. I'm telling you. All right, we got just a couple more to go here, and then we're going to get on with our uh, with our book tonight. We're doing uh, Sherlock Holmes, if you didn't know that already, and uh, we are in the middle of a very cool adventure. All right, what else we got going on? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> My sister Penny, who lives in Colorado, and she is an amazing woman. I'll tell you what. Let me play this video while I'm telling this story. Take a look at this. It's a time lapse of a tiny bluebird building a nest. There's sound, but it's just music, so don't worry about it. So my sister posts this video, and she says, because she has this wonderful cabin in Colorado. It's, it, this is a homestay also. It's like a, a B&B type place. Brilliant. I've seen pictures of it. I've never been there, of course, but it's absolutely gorgeous, absolutely beautiful. But um, my sister Penny, who is the youngest of my sisters, and probably one of the more intelligent ones, um, she has a bed, her bed, which is out in the open. Now, you want to talk about back to nature. This crazy woman has a bed which is open to the stars. I mean, that's so cool. I would love that. If it rains or snows, I'm assuming there's a plan B. But little chipmunks and squirrels and birds, because she has this big down comforter. Oh, great. Sorry, there's an ad. Let me flip off this while the ad plays. <laughs> um, we'll get back to the bird in just a minute. So Penny posts this, uh, this video. She didn't take the video. It's from a site about Nestbox Live. Very cool site, by the way. Check out the link in our show notes. And um, <laughs> why isn't this ad playing? Okay. Uh, anyway, so check out the link in our show notes. A very cool site. She posts this, this time lapse of a bluebird building a nest. And she says she used to get upset when the birds and everything would come and steal the down from her comforter. And then after she saw this, she no longer gets upset. <laughs> Penny, you have a heart of gold. You really do. I am so proud to have you as a sister. And uh, I so admire you and your life and everything you've done out there. And, and take a look at this. This is absolutely brilliant, this bird building this nest in time-lapse over time. And it does include... Some down and some pillow feathers, no doubt. So, very cool. And again, that video, you can find it in our show notes tonight. The link is in our description down below. <clears throat> Check it out. There's a whole bunch of different ones of these time-lapse pictures. And uh, if you've never seen a bird actually build a nest before, there you go. I told you tonight's show is going to be full of a collection of weird crap. And boy, did I deliver or what? <laughs> Yes, indeed. All right. We got one more, and then it's going to be time to move on to our book here. Uh, we've already we've already gone way over a half an hour, haven't we? I always like to end our uh, segment here with some piece of good news, human interest story, something like that. And I saw this, and I just it's from World of Buzz. The link's in our show notes if you want to check out the whole story. A Malaysian man was brought to tears after he received a cake from his colleagues for his birthday. Now look, we all have birthdays at the office. We get a cake, we sing happy birthday, etc. We have a little party. The reason that this guy was brought to tears is he never, ever had a cake before. 
At this moment, I saw Juan's eyes were wet. Kanapa Juan, which is kind of like saying, why? And uh, it was because he'd never had a cake. In, I mean, this is an older guy, too. Looks like he's in his 20s or 30s. And in all of his life, no one had ever bought him a cake. Birthday is arguably one of the most special days one can enjoy, says the article. Like many people, they'd love it if they could have a special day with their close ones. Unfortunately, a lot of people see birthdays as a luxury and not everyone's able to celebrate it. Well, recently, this Malaysian man shared his experience about his office colleague's birthday in uh, this post. Um, would you like to purchase the cake or should I? It's on the way and I can buy it. When we reach to the restaurant, the cake is already bought. We hand it to the server and ask them to cool it. After finishing our meal, we would call for the waiter. We all sang happy birthday after the server brings the cake and lights the candle and everyone receives the cake after making a wish and blowing out the candle. While this would appear to be the standard operating procedure for most birthday parties, it appears not everybody would be treated this way. Just now around five o'clock, I was on the phone with one of my clients. My door was softly knocked on by a lawyer from my firm who said, it's Juan's birthday tomorrow. We're going to celebrate with him right now. Please cut the cake. Juan is our office lad and assists us with daily duties. I hurriedly concluded the conversation with my client after asking my attorney to wait a moment. Everybody waiting to sing happy birthday. When I dashed into the pantry, I was chosen to light the candle. And I looked at Juan and I saw his eyes were filled with tears. What's wrong, Juan? I asked. At my home... We don't get cake, Juan said softly. You never had a cake before, I asked in shock. No, this is my first time having cake for my birthday. I was quiet, finally managed to light the candle. I'd had so many slices of cake for my birthday this year, I honestly lost track of how many I had. And what more could my wife and children want after receiving their favorite cake for their birthdays as well? Cake is such a mental thing in our life, but to some, it's a luxury. Until today, I never imagined a cake could bring a grown man to tears. It makes me wonder how much of life we take for granted. The Post received over 700 shares so far. Online users have left happy birthday comments. And from us at the Jay Sheldon Show, certainly I want to add in our voice to... Uh, to the hundreds of you out there, happy birthday, Juan. Here's to many more cakes. What a great story. Wow. It's just, you know, you don't think about it. It's such a, like they said, it's like a standard operating procedure. Everybody just assumes everyone gets a cake for their birthday. But that's not necessarily the case. All right. You ready for some uh, book stuff? Let's see, where is our book stuff? There we go. Ah, there it is. All right, we read books on this show in the last half of the show we do. And um, <laughs> we've been doing the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Each chapter is a new adventure. We've got uh, this chapter we're in now. We're about halfway through this one. And then one more chapter to go before we change over to a new book. We've already gotten some great suggestions for books. As a matter of fact, let me share that with you. 
Uh, I, I've written some of them down here. Um, White Fang, really old but really good book. I remember reading that as a kid. Uh, Tarzan of the Apes, not as good as a book as all the films and series you've seen. Um, there is a book of Japanese fairy tales, which is quite interesting, translated, of course, into English. Um, so those are a few of, uh, of the suggestions people have made. They've gone over to the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org, checked out the, uh, the books there, and then sent along messages saying, hey, how about this one? So, all right. And of course, someone else had suggested that I read my own children's book, Willie and the Warthog. We will do that. I don't know if we'll do that next, but we will indeed read Willie and the Warthog on this show one of these days, I promise. All right. Uh, right now, it's Sherlock Holmes time. And uh, where we left off, Mr. Holmes uh, found out in Watson about all the people that lived under this fellow's roof. And he's continuing with his, uh, what he calls a miserable story. When we were taking coffee in the dining room that night after dinner, I told Arthur and Mary my experience and of the precious treasure which we had under our roof. Suppressing only the name of my client, Lucy Parr, who'd brought in the coffee, had, I'm sure, left the room, but I can't swear the door was closed. Mary and Arthur were much interested and wished to see the famous coronet, but I thought it better not to disturb it. "'Where have you put it?' asked Arthur. "'In my own bureau. Well, I do hope to goodness the house won't be burgled during the night,' said he. "'Oh, it is locked up,' I answered. "'Oh, any old key will fit that bureau. When I was a youngster, I've opened it myself with the keys of the box room cupboard.' He often had a wild way of talking, so that I thought little of what he said. He followed me into my room, however, that night with a very grave face. "'Look here, Dad,' said he, with his eyes cast down. "'Can you let me have two hundred pounds?' "'No, I cannot,' I answered sharply. "'I've been far too generous with you in money matters.' "'You've been very kind,' said he. "'But I must have this money, or else I can never show my face inside the club again.' "'That is a very good thing, too,' I cried. Uh, "'Yes, but you would not have me leave it to a dishonored man.' I could not bear the disgrace. I, I must raise the money in some way, and if you will not let me have it, then I must try other means. I was very angry, for this was the third demand during the month. You shall not have a farthing from me, I cried, on which he bowed and left the room without another word. When he was gone, I unlocked my bureau, made sure my treasure was safe, locked it again. Then I started to go round the house to see that all was secure, a duty which I usually leave to Mary, but which I thought it well to perform myself that night. As I came down the stairs, I saw Mary herself at the side window of the hall, which she closed and fastened as I approached. "'Tell me, Dad,' she said, looking. I thought a little disturbed. "'Did you give Lucy, the maid, leave to go out tonight?' "'Certainly not.' She came in just now by the back door. I've no doubt she's only been to the side gate to see someone, but I think it's hardly safe and should be stopped. You must speak to her in the morning, or I will, if you prefer it. Are you sure that everything is fastened? Quite sure, Dad. Well, then, 
Good night. I kissed her and went up to my bedroom again, where I was soon asleep. I'm endeavoring to tell you everything, Mr. Holmes, which may have any bearing upon the case, but I beg that you will question me upon any point which I do not make clear. Oh, on the contrary, your statement is singularly lucid. I come to the part of my story now in which I should wish to be particularly so. I'm not a very heavy sleeper. The anxiety in my mind tended, no doubt, to make me even less so than usual. About two in the morning, I was awakened by some sound in the house. It had ceased ere I was wide awake, but it had left an impression behind, as though a window had been gently closed somewhere. I lay listening with all my ears, and suddenly to my horror there was a distinct sound of footsteps moving softly in the next room. I slipped out of bed, all palpitating with fear peeped around the corner of my dressing-room door. "'Arthur!' I screamed. "'You villain! You thief! How dare you touch that coronet!' The gas was half up as I had left it, and my unhappy boy, dressed only in his shirt and trousers, was standing beside the light holding the coronet in his hands. He appeared to be wrenching at it, or bending it with all his strength. At my cry, he dropped it from his grasp and turned as pale as death. I snatched it up and examined it. One of the gold corners, with three of the barrels on it, was missing. You blackguard, I shouted, beside myself with rage. You have destroyed it. You've dishonored me forever. Where are the jewels which you've stolen? Stolen, he cried. Yes, you thief, I roared, shaking him by the shoulder. There are none missing. There cannot be any missing, said he. There are three missing, and you know where they are. Must I call you a liar as well as a thief? Did I not see you trying to tear off another piece? You have called me names enough, said he. I will not stand it any longer. I shall not say another word about this business since you've chosen to insult me. I will leave your house in the morning and make my own way in the world. You shall leave it in the hands of the police, I cried, half mad with grief and rage. I shall have this matter probed to the bottom. You shall learn nothing from me, said he, with a passion such as it would not have thought it was in his nature. If you choose to call the police... Let the police find what they can. Well, by this time, the whole house was astir. For I'd raised my voice in anger. Mary was the first to rush into the room, and at the sight of the coronet and of Arthur's face, she read the whole story, and with a scream fell down senseless on the ground. I sent the housemaid for the police and put the investigation into their hands at once. When the inspector and a constable entered the house... Arthur, who'd stood sullenly with his arms folded, asked me whether it was my intention to charge him with the theft. I answered that it had ceased to be a private matter, but had become a public one. Since the ruined coronet was national property, I was determined the law should have its way in everything. At least, said he, you will not have me arrested at once. It would be to your advantage as well as mine if I might leave the house for five minutes. 
that you may get away, or perhaps that you may conceal what you've stolen, said I. And then, realizing the dreadful position in which I was placed, I implored him to remember that not only my honor, but that of one who was far greater than I was at stake, and that he threatened to raise a scandal which would convulse the nation. He might avert it all if he would but tell me what he'd done with the three missing stones. "'You may as well face the matter,' said I. "'You've been caught in the act.' and no confession could make your guilt more heinous. But if you make such reparations as is in your power, by telling us where the barrels are, all shall be forgiven and forgotten. Keep your forgiveness for those who ask for it, he answered, turning away from me with a sneer. I saw that he was too hardened for any words of mine to influence him. There was but one way for it, I called the inspector and gave him into custody. A search was made at once, not only of his person, but of his room, and every portion of the house where he could possibly have concealed the gems. But no trace of them could be found. Nor would he wretched or wretched boy open his mouth for all our persuasions and all our threats. This morning he was removed to a cell, and I, after going through all the police formalities, have hurried round to you to implore you to use your skill in unraveling the matter. You may go to any expense which you think is necessary. I've already offered a reward of a thousand pounds. My God, what shall I do? I've lost my honor, my gems, and my son in one night. Oh, what shall I do? He put a hand on either side of his head rocked himself to and fro like a child whose grief has gone beyond words. Sherlock Holmes sat silent for some few minutes with his brows knitted and his eyes fixed upon the fire. And that's where we'll leave it for tonight. We'll pick it up on Monday. I have a feeling, knowing Sherlock, he's probably already pretty much solved this mystery. But we'll find out Monday. <laughs> All righty. That's going to do it for uh, for us tonight. Thank you so much for uh, popping by. Wait a minute. Not that one. Where are all my controls? There we go. Hey, I'm new, okay? It's only been 256 shows. Give me a break. <laughs> I'll see you again on Monday night. Thanks so much for popping by. Thanks for listening in on our podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and follow us over there on uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, any place you get your podcast, you'll find this audio portion of our show. And we appreciate all those follows and subscribes. Don't forget our new sponsor, BarkBox, and Miko's favorite toys and snacks and treats. You'll find that link in our show notes. If you are in the U.S., U.S. territories, or Canada, you can sign up for BarkBox to get yourself some great treats for your furry friends. I'll see you again Monday. Until then, this is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Good night.